Galnet News Digest, 16th of March, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the nine burning stations and what they mean. What next for the galaxy? The nine burning stations and what they mean. Nine starports were bombed by the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army last week. Nine starports for the nine terrorists who died at Kepler Orbital, rather than be interrogated by Imperial torturers working for Denton Petraeus. But why these starports in particular? What do they tell us about the NMLA's priorities? Who do they see as the enemy, and why? It's clear that, as they said in their Nine Martyrs statement, the NMLA is treating Federation and Alliance as complicit in the oppression the Marlinists have suffered at the hands of Denton Petraeus and the Empire. As well as three Imperial stations, three Federal stations and two Alliance stations have also been attacked. The Joker in the pack is Independent Lave Station, which has Alliance history and is still closely associated with Edmund Mann, so it may be that the NMLA are a bit hazy about current galactic politics. Let's have a closer look at each of the systems that were attacked, starting with the Imperial systems. Achenar is the system where it all started. A little over 1,000 years ago, Marlin Duval, an outspoken and wealthy child of the Federation, fed up with the corporate grind, established her democratic colony on Achenar 6D in the year 2292. And it is that ideal colony that the Marlinists, and apparently the NMLA, want to return to. But very soon after, almost before the colony had become self-sufficient, things started to change. Marlin was killed, or possibly murdered, in a shuttle crash. And her brother, Henson Duval, took over as leader. He methodically evolved the system of government to give himself more powers, using the ancient Roman and British empires as his model. By the time he declared himself emperor of this sleepy backwater colony, there was nothing dissenters could do to stop him. The distance between Sol and Achenar was such that the Federation was unable to stop this change of government. Their attempt at gunboat diplomacy in 2324 was a disaster and eventually sowed the seeds for the Empire to expand into neighbouring systems with minimal interference. It's the seat of Imperial government and Dawes Hub is one of the three luxuriously appointed Orbis starports that provide supplies and services to the three Earth-like worlds, New World, Conversion and Capital, which is where the Senate sits. Attacking Dawes Hub might easily have caused casualties among the highest echelons of Imperial government, but there is, as yet, no word on any high-profile casualties. The Emperor's personal power base is in Kamadenu and its Shan Market starport, another Orbis and home of the Chapter House of Inquisition, was the second of the attacked stations. It's not known if the Emperor was there or in Achenar at the time of the bombings. She's not been seen in public since the bombing and has issued no statements. In fact, Emperor Arissa has said very little about anything in public for some time. She spoke at Prince Harold's funeral and she spoke briefly about admitting Hadrian Duval into the Imperial family, but she said nothing about the NMLA terrorists at all. However, as the Imperial figurehead, she's automatically a target of anti-Imperial terrorists. 
The third Imperial starport bombed belongs to Senator Denton Petraeus, a hate figure among Marlinists generally for his brutal suppression of the peaceful movement for change, as well as what Chancellor Blaine described as his counterproductive tactics against the NMLA terrorists. Parkinson Dock in the Artiensis is naturally enough a well-appointed Orbis starport, although it's currently a little warmer and is comfortable for its residents. We can only wonder what atrocities the good senator will perpetrate as revenge for this attack on his home. Princess Ashling Duval's system, Semius, has escaped attack this time round, though of course Mackenzie Relay in Semius was one of the first stations to be attacked by the NMLA on the 10th of September last year, and a father, Mad Prince Harold, was one of the early casualties. Notably, Senator Zamina Torval, preposterously wealthy slave owner and chief shareholder in Mastopolis Mining, and who, like Emperor Arissa, did not attend the Galactic Summit, and has so far escaped any sort of attack with the Lagerquist Gateway and William Sargent Vision starports in the system she represents, Sintani, entirely untouched by the NMLA's creative restylings. Torval has never once mentioned the Marlinists or the NMLA, Perhaps they've passed her over as a target. The Federation seat of government, Saul, was a key target. Strangely, the NMLA did not attack the most prestigious station, Mars High, but instead attacked one of the three stations orbiting Earth, the not particularly luxurious Orbis station, Li Qingzhao, named after the engineer who invented the hyperdrive. Whether by luck or judgment, the blast from the explosion killed Vice President Brad Mitchell and a number of other senior members of the federal government. Vice President Mitchell's bid to become federal president in the 3309 election is therefore presumably at an end. The other two federal systems attacked were the systems represented by President Hudson and by Shadow President Winters. Hudson and Winters took very different approaches to the Marlinist refugees, with Hudson keen to turn them back at the border and Winters offering them temporary federal citizenship, food and accommodation, until they could be rehomed. This pro-Marlinist stance doesn't seem to have done Winters very much good, with Ito Orbital, an Orbis in Winters' constituency, Rhea, attacked with the others on Thursday. Hudson's Nanomam system suffered an attack on Han Gateway, yet another Orbis. Shadow Vice President Isolde Rochester's system Altair was untouched, as was that of the late lamented Vice President Mitchell. Ex-President Jasmina Horsey, who attended the Galactic Summit, is of course no longer an elected official within the Federation. The Alliance suffered two casualties, the two Orbis starports, Donaldson in Alioth, the seat of the government, and Dublin Citadel in Gateway, which is unsurprisingly, the system Prime Minister Mahan represents, and also the home of the Alliance Office of Statistics. The objective of this worthy organisation is to use statistics to ensure the safety and prosperity of the Alliance, so you can imagine how worrisome it is that it has had to suspend its operations temporarily. Who is enumerating the Diso Marcorn harvest now? Who will run the Alliance census? Who will conduct opinion polls ahead of the Prime Ministerial election? Prime Minister Mahan, like Federal Shadow President Winters, welcomed Marlinist refugees. It's his rival Nakato Kane, the anti-expansionist darling of liberal thought within the Alliance, who stood up against the Alliance getting involved in the Marlinist crisis. And yet the system she is most strongly identified with, Leasty, escaped attack. 
is the NMLA punishing the friends of the Marlinists? Lave Station in Lave is the odd one out. The independent starport that got bombed anyway. And the only Coriolis to come under attack. Lee Yongrui, Archon Delane, Yuri Grom and Pranav Antal all escaped attack. There must be something special about Lave. It is traditionally an alliance system. There is still a large alliance presence. The alliance still recognises Lave as an alliance system, even though its supporters there are in a minority. So perhaps that gave the NMLA sufficient reason to attack Lave. Or perhaps the NMLA have a particular grudge against the Lave radio network. A slightly far-fetched theory is that the Lavian distillery was so embarrassed at having run out of stocks of Lavian brandy following the unprecedented demand in the run-up to the Galactic Summit that, rather than admit to this failing, it conducted a massive false flag operation using a thyroid caustic enzyme bomb to damage Lave Station and thus close the market for Lavian brandy so the shortfall couldn't be seen. And that it similarly bombed eight high-profile targets throughout the galaxy, to throw investigators off the scent. Does that sound far-fetched? If it doesn't, you haven't been keeping up with the Galnet news. However, the use of Thargoid weaponry does seem to point rather heavily towards the NMLA. Only one other organisation has access to such weapons, and that's the Thargoids. What next for the galaxy? The rescue effort at all nine starports is well underway, with especial enthusiasm being shown at Federal and Imperial stations, where Commander's superpower reputation can be given a healthy boost when they help out. It's likely that at least some starports will complete the evacuation phase by Thursday and the process of repairing them can start. But the NMLA is still out there. Theta-7 is no doubt planning further attacks. President Hudson, spurred on by the death of his deputy, seems likely to take the fight to the NMLA. Will he work alongside Senator Petraeus? Will the galaxy become a gigantic bloodbath? Will the Alliance help out in any small way? Uh, assuming it can put its ambivalence to one side for a minute. Or will the Emperor come forward with a diplomatic approach? Will Zamina Torval be revealed to be the mastermind behind the NMLA? For that matter, will the Sirius Treaty to bring humanity together to oppose the alleged Thargoid onslaught ever be signed? Will our octagonal galactic companions come back to visit us? Will Aegis be able to find new Guardian technology? How likely is it that the sister ship to the Adamaster, the Hesperus, will ever be found? Is it really less than two weeks until we can start to try out walking about on planets? Will we ever get to shake a Thargoid warmly by the pincer and declare galactic unity? The answers to some of these questions may come sooner than we think. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.